Blog Good Talk evening. Radio. Good evening. This is Apostle Alexander Lockham of the Bernie Bush Church, 402 North 13th Street in Urban, North Atlanta. As we attempt to enter into the new year, we want to encourage you. We're going to be speaking some encouraging words. It's out of the Bible, words of God to encourage you as you go into the new year because only God's words can give us the strength we need, give us the grace we need to be able to stand in time like these. So we're going to be encouraging you from verse to verse. We may be jumping here and there and over there talking about different things, but it's all going to have to do with the whole man because with mind, body, soul, and spirit, family, finance, attitude, behavior, character, all that had to play the part of who we are from our head to our feet in a spiritual world as well as a natural world, from the church to our house, from our house to our job, from our job to the grocery store, my grocery store to the community. All this had to do with who we are and what we are because we are here as instruments in the hands of God that he might use us for his glory. This is the time. This is the season. If you were born in this time, if you were in this season, you were in the right time. You were in the right season. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then was here, they was in their season. When Daniel was here, he was in his season. When David was here, he was in his season. When Samuel was here, he was in his season. So there ain't no such thing if we're out of season. You are born in the season that God would have you to be born in. We got winter, spring, summer, and fall. All those seasons come in the right time where they're supposed to be. They are now out of order. They are not out of sequence because God has fixed it that way. So if you were here, it ain't no such thing as God put you here and didn't give you nothing to do. For the Bible said he put his glory in earthen vessels. He gave all of us something to do. We all have talent. We all have gifts. We have all have special ability that God had gave us. And only in this season can you use it. Now is the time to do what God said do. Now is the time for you to operate, not next year, 10 years from now, when you get to be 90 or 100, but do it now. Every moment belongs to God. Every moment that you breathe belongs to God. So you need to ask God, what will you have me to do in this season, Lord? Whatever you called me to do, what will you have me to do? So I'm encouraging you. Maybe you drug your feet into 2023, but don't go into 2024 dragging your feet. Don't go into 2024 procrastinating. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you're going to do. Going to do have never, ever accomplished anything. We've got a lot of going to do folks in the world, and they don't have nothing to show for what they're going to do because they didn't ever do it. How many know that going to do don't get the job done? Doing it. Doing it is what get it done. The Bible said it's not he that is going to serve the Lord or going to read the but it's he that does it. He didn't want to find glorification in God's sight. So if you want to plead the Lord, don't talk about doing it, but just do it. It's better not to say nothing, do it, and then talk about doing it, and don't do it. So I come out and encourage you as you go into the new year with the new year resolution and the different fads going on and the different styles going on. And you've got the Internet, we've got Facebook, and we've got Twitter. We've got all these different uh, 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 things that we can use to get communicate and get involved in, but make sure that you're pleasing the Lord in all that you're doing. I encourage you to take up the slack and fill up the gap between you and the Lord. Uh, make sure that your life is pleasing in his sight, because that's what he put you here for. He put you here for his glory, not your glory. He put you here that he might glorify himself in you. So you say, well, I'm going to quit doing this, and I'm going to quit doing that. Well, you should know about now, you don't been saying that the whole year, you ain't quit yet. But what you need to do is with the help of God. The Bible says don't say what we're going to do. Only God can give you the grace to stop doing some of the things you have or doing. Only by the grace of God can you break some of them habits that you've been involved in. Only by the grace of God can you separate yourself from some of them people you've been hanging around with. Only by the grace of God can you separate yourself from the lustful desires you've been fulfilling all year long. Keep saying you're going to stop. You're going to stop. You're not going to stop if God don't help you stop. Only God can is a habit breaker. Only God is a deliverer. God said if we confess our fault, he would just and faithfully forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, see, it ain't enough for God to forgive you if you're going to keep on doing what you need, and then he don't give you the power and the strength to be delivered from it. It's kind of like a doctor. Their doctors are not trying to heal you. 
You don't care how good your doctor is. My doctor did my doctor did that. It don't matter how good your doctor. You may think you got the best doctor in the world. Your doctor ain't not trying to heal you. It's like grass. When you cut grass down, it come back up. Your doctor not giving you medication to heal you. Your, 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 your doctor giving you medication just to deal with the situation from month to month. That's all your doctor is doing, giving you something to make you feel better, giving you something to deal with what you're going through and not get rid of. You need something to get rid of what you got. Then you won't have to take medication. That's what we need. We need that that that, that will get rid of it. God want to get rid of your sin. See, when he get rid of your sin, you don't have to worry about confessing them, no. If God get rid of them, he want to not only forgive you, but he want to cleanse you. So we're going to get into the word. We got a few scriptures. We actually give an attended ear to the word of God. For the Bible says the word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-headed sword. It will not go back and come back asunder, but accomplish what we should not. See, God's word come to accomplish something. If you got God's word in your life, it ain't accomplished nothing. You might need to check and see what you got. So God's word will accomplish something. God's word is a yoke breaker. It's a lifter up on your head. God's word will pick you up when you're falling down. God's word will strengthen you where you're weak. God's word will, will, will restore you. It will revive you. It will uplift you. It will enlighten you. It will make you a new person. Oh, my God, you'll know the person I would before God's word got in me. When God's word got in me, it changed me from inside out. It, it made me a new creature. Old thing passed away. The whole old thing become new. Yes, I used to cuss before I became new, lie and cheat and everything else. I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. I did it because my with my nature to do it. When you got the nature to do wrong, it ain't got nothing to do with you want to do it or not. When you got the nature to do wrong, you're going to do wrong. And when you got a nature to do right, you're going to do right. Nobody has to make you do right when you got a nature to do right, because the nature itself is going to make you do it. we got too many people trying to live Christian life themselves. You can't live no Christian life yourself. I just come out and encourage you. The reason you're failing because you're trying to do it yourself. You won't humble yourself and acknowledge that you got issues. You won't humble yourself and acknowledge that you got frailty. you got fault. You got shortcomings. You got sin. You got weight so easy to beset you. But rather than humble yourself, God already know you messed up. He already know you got issues. He he already know your weaknesses. He already know your frailty. And he didn't just find out about it. He the one created you. How you think he don't know about it? He created you. And the scripture said every hair on your head been numbered. Every sparrow fall to the ground, God know about it. How do you think that God don't know about you and hear you trying to hide it? He wants you to be honest. That's why he said confess your fault. Come true. Come come real. Uh, 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 come visible. Make yourself known unto the Lord. Amen. He already knows anyway. Well, he, when, when Adam tried to hide, God already knew Adam was hid. He didn't ask Adam where he was because he thought Adam was lost. He couldn't find Adam. God saw Adam before he sinned it. I knew where he hid it when he sent it. And when he asked Adam, where are you? Adam said, I'm hiding over here. He said, because I'm naked. And God said to them, him, how do you know you were naked? I didn't give you that knowledge. I didn't give you that insight. So God already knew about him. The Bible said, even in our mother's womb, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before your daddy and your mama had an affair that night. He said, I knew you before you were born. He didn't say, I knew you when they conceded. He said, I knew you before they conceded. Isn't that something? God knew Jeremiah and your mama and daddy ain't went to bed yet. God said, I knew you before your mother, you and your husband, your, your mom and dad got together, before you were even in your mother's womb. And he said, I made you for, for this purpose. He said, the reason I know you because I'm the one put you there. I made you for this purpose. I made you to be my prophet for the nation. Whoever you are today, as you enter into the new year, know God has made you for this time. You ain't out of season. You ain't out of season. This is the season. This is the time. This is the lifespan that God has given you to use you, no matter who you are. If you're usable, if you're old enough to be used, if you're old enough to be accountable, this is the time that God want to use you in this season. Not twenty not not twenty not not two thousand and 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 ninety. Not two thousand and nine. Not two thousand uh twenty uh, two thousand and twenty one. God wanna use you now. Thousand and twenty third uh year. God wanna use you now. So humble yourself. Be encouraged. Philippians 4 and 8 says, and what's never true, 
Folks are never honorable. Folks are never just. Folks are never pure. Folks are never lovely. Folks are never commendable. If there be any excellent, if there be any worthy, worthy of praise, think about these things. Other words, keep your mind pure. Get that mess off your mind that will make you sin. That's why you're messing up. That's why you're coming short of God's glory, because it's a message in your mind. How many know that the heart? How many know that the heart don't mess up the mind? Uh huh. Many times we talk about what come out the heart, but the heart doesn't mess up the mind. The mind messes up the heart. So what? Because the mind goes to the heart, then it sends it. Then the heart gets it and sends it back to the mind. Huh? You're controlled by your what the thoughts that come in your mind. And they go down in your heart. And once they get in your heart, that's what you are. So you have to be careful about what's in your head, what's in your thought, what's in your mind. So that's why the writer said, what's the never? Keep honorable things. Keep pure things. Keep clean things. Keep honest things in your mind. Because if you walk around with a dust and salt, you're going to eventually, uh-huh. If you walk around with fornicating thought, you're going to eventually, Yes, you understand where I'm coming from. Eventually, those folks you hang around with, those things that you hang around with, eventually you're going to become them. For what? Evil communication could rock good manner. You could be a good person hanging around evil communicating people and end up like them. Have you ever came up with a slang that a friend of yours had and you find yourself doing it? You know, I had a friend of mine, and he would go around and say, yay, man, yay, man. I never thought that the day would come, and I was one day somebody said something to me, I said, yay, man. You see how quick I adopted that saying to him just because he was my friend and I hang around him? And some of you just like that, too. You hang around people, and you don't got that slang. You talking like them. Now, they don't, they don't got your mindset just like theirs. And you think like they think, even though you know they're thinking it's wrong. You thinking like they think. Now, you used to knew that it was wrong to fool around with somebody's husband, somebody's somebody wife, but now you got a friend that is doing it, and now you're talking about different folk, different folk, strokes for different folk. You would have never said that, but because you're hanging around the wrong person, now you're thinking of like them. You're acting like them. You're letting your morals down. You're letting your standard down. You ain't thinking holy no more. Oh, oh, oh it's okay. God understands. No, baby, it, it's right It's right or wrong. Ain't no understanding about it. God's word ain't based on understanding. God's word is based on truth. It's based on what God says. You can't bring God's word down and put it where you want to put it to match you. You've got to come up to the word of God. Amen. Ephesians so. 31, 32, let all bitterness and wrath. I'm encouraging you as you go into the new, new, into the new year by being you. Some of you have been bitter all year long. Some of you have been wrapped for all year long. Some of you have been angry all year long. Some of you have been clamorous, uh, uh, mean, and cussing, and slanderous all year long. Paul said, put these things away to go into the new year with all malice. It don't build up in you now. It disappears. You ain't who you are no more. Uh-huh, people wonder about, I thought she was this, I thought she was this. You, your, your character has changed because you're walking in these demeanors. He said, be kind one to another and tend to heart. This is what Christians are supposed to be. Paul is trying to get them back on the right track because Paul found out that they're supposed to be saved, but yet they were bitter and wrathful, for trying to take matters in their own hand. Anger, cussing, and fussing. And Paul had to remind them that we've been born again. We've been bought with a pride. This is not our nature no more. Yes, when we was out there in the world, we cussed, and we were slanderous and anger and bitter. But we're not of that spirit no more. We've been born again. We've been bought with a pride. we got the nature of Christ in us, not the nature of Adam. we got the nature of Christ. So Paul said, we call the name of Christ. Ought we not walk like him? Come on, y'all. It's time to straighten up and go to the new year. Don't carry this mess into the new year, your bitterness. For the Bible says bitterness is not of God. It's it's selfish and earthly and devilish. Uh, if you bitter, then you have to need to check yourself because you're on you you're on dangerous ground. He said forgiving one another. That God for Christ forgave you. Some of you are still holding grudges. Some of you still making an excuse why you holding grudges. Yes, I know what they did to you were wrong. But you got to understand, I did not tell you to forgive. God told you to forgive. I'm just in a mouthpiece for God. I'm just an ambassador for God. 
I'm just a handyman for God to remind you what God said. And God told me to tell you to forgive. I don't care how bad it hurt. Forgive. I don't care what they did. Forgive him, them, for God to forgive you. Because as long as you hold this over their head, as long as you hold it, then you're holding this over your own head. And your prayers are going to be hindered. Your prayers are not going to be heard. How can God hear your prayer when he said that if you didn't forgive, he would not forgive you? That if God ain't forgive you, he's not going to hear your prayer. And listen, don't thank God lying. Bible says, let every man be a liar. Let God be the truth. God is not a lying God. Your, hindered, your, heal, your, your prosperity is going to be hindered. Your healing is going to be healed, uh, hindered. Your deliverance is going to be healed. Your, your prayers over your children are going to be hindered. Prayers over your marriage going to be hindered. Prayers over your business or your job going to be hindered. Prayers over your family going to be hindered. And you think somebody working witchcraft on you. You think somebody that went down to the south of the border somewhere and got some witchcraft working on you. Do you not know you work witchcraft on your own self? Oh, can I pause there a little bit? Do you not know that you can work witchcraft on your own self? Now, wait apostle. Now, you want to explain that. Well, the Bible said disobedient is that the sin of witchcraft. Whenever you disobey God, when you when you get in self and in the flesh and won't do what the Lord told you to do, when you know to do right, for the Bible says he that knows the good does it not, it's it sin unto him. When you know to do right and don't do it, and you'll be rebellious and hard-headed and say you're going to do it next month and next year and then year after now, then you come flying up. Do you not know when the children of Israel decided they're going to go into the promised land, had them disobeyed God, them upset God, them provoked God there at the, at the river, at the sea there, and God told them to go in and he's going to go with them, and then they provoked God, and after they provoked God, they decide. That they gonna go now? Well, no. They had they had called the spirit of witchcraft to come in now. The spirit of witchcraft was on them, and God was not gonna operate on the spirit of witchcraft. So God told Moses to tell them, "I'm not going. I'm not gonna go with. Them. Tell them don't go." He said, "Cause I'm not going." And they went anyway. And when they went, the enemy whooped them real good and sent them back home. Why? Because they were operating on the sin of witchcraft. When you disobedient, you're operating on the sin of witchcraft. You ain't nobody got to work no roots on you. You're doing it to your own self. So if you've been disobedient, stop being disobedient. Obey God. Do what God told you to do. Not tomorrow, no next week. This ain't about your friend. It ain't about your family. It ain't about your feelings. It ain't about what no nobody. Huh? And pastor, don't you let that offering. And don't you let that offering that they raise on you cause you not to tell the truth. Tell them the truth. God is going to take care of you. He said you were worthy of the high. You tell them that the way to the city is there and the gift of God is eternal life. Don't bite your tongue. Don't twist the truth. Don't make them go to hell right there in the church. You tell them they're wrong. John the Baptist told, told, John, John the Baptist told Herodias, he said you're the king, and you can't have your brother wife. He didn't bite his tongue. He told him what the truth was. Yes, he lost his head, but he told him the truth. Pastors, leaders, yeah, we go to the new you, I encourage you. If you tell the truth of your church, and I tell the truth of my church, and the next pastor tell the truth of their church, and the next pastor tell the truth of their church, people won't be able to run and sit in church and, and sleep and get away with sin because all pastors are going to be saying the same thing in the church, and they're going to be convicted. They're going to be convicted in their heart. Huh? They're going to be convicted in their heart to repent and come running as to what must I do to be saved. I'm telling them it's not right. You tell them it is right. And what bothers me, and I'm going to pause on this, I don't have no respect for preaching. I don't preach on the respect of one thing. I preach on everything. But something God wants me to iterate on because it's of great importance. It is wrong for two men to be married. It is wrong for two women to be married. I don't care if you're a teenager and you're married to, to, to a woman or a man. It is wrong. It is an abomination. And if God lets you get away with it, the Bible said in the last days, it's going to be as it was in the days of Solomon and Gomorrah. And in the days of Solomon and Gomorrah, uh, uh, men loved it, men, and women loved it, women. God had to destroy the city. Now, all the surrounding city because it was so bad. Now, if God don't, if God excuse sin now and says it's okay for two men to marry one another and two women to marry one another, he got to go all the way back to Solid Gomorrah and, and, and take them folks out of hell and forgive them for sending them there. And God ain't fit to do that. But the Bible says God is not going to repent. God ain't going to do that because God was not wrong. It is wrong. It's an abomination. I don't care how many laws they pass. I don't care how many laws the legislature passed. I don't care how many laws the Supreme Court passed. According to God's word, 
It is wrong. And all they did when they passed that law was give you a death sentence. They give you the right to condemn yourself and put a law on top of it. I come out and tell you, I love your soul. I don't love your feeling. I don't love your money. I love your soul. And I come out and encourage somebody this evening that is caught up in this mess of the unnatural affection. For Paul said in the last days, men were burning their flesh one to another and women toward the other, the another. And Paul said they would lose their natural affection for one another and burning their flesh for a man rather than burning their flesh for a woman. Huh? I come out and encourage you. If you're caught up with this mess, if you're caught up with the unnatural affection, I'm going to leave it alone. But if you're Call the pity. I'm trying to save your soul. And when you stand before God, oh, my God, you're going to be in trouble. Yes, I know the pastors now that are homosexual and lesbian and, and pastors the church and all the members there, they go there because the pastor is, and he says, it's okay. Pastor married men and the pastor married women. It is wrong. I ain't got to guess it. I ain't got to wonder about it. I'm telling you what I know. It is wrong, W-R-O-N-G. And if wrong spell any other way, in a different language, you spell it, but it still come out the same thing. Oh, I love you this evening, and I want to see you in heaven one day. I don't want you to lose out and end up in hell and turn to darkness forever because you thought you were right in what you were doing. You didn't know. Apostle just told you this evening. It is wrong. You get your act together. You let that man go and go find your woman. You let that woman go and find your man, and then you marry him so that you'll be right standing with God. Isn't that all right? I know it is. Praise God. Hebrew 13 and 5. Keep your life. Free from love of money, and be content with with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, the word, you ain't got to depend on money. You ain't got to lust out of money. I ain't not saying that you ain't got to have money. For, for Solomon said, money answers all matter. In this world we live in, we need money. We got to have money. It is okay to be rich and have money. God ain't never said it was, it was, it was not right or wrong to be rich. We make rich folks feel so bad. But I encourage every rich person this afternoon, don't you be discouraged. Don't you let people make you feel bad because you're rich. Uh, there were many people in the Bible that were rich. Solomon was rich. Job was rich. There are many people in the Bible who were rich. Only thing God said to the rich man is that you distribute it to the Pope. Now, if you ain't distributing it to the Pope, if you ain't helping somebody out in need with your riches, then you're going to find yourself in trouble with God. But the Bible says he that. Give it to the poor, lend it unto the Lord, uh, and God will repay him. When you overlook the poor, then God will overlook you. So I say to the rich man, keep your riches, oh, but, but share them. Be, 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 be bountiful. Be gracious. Find some organization that is helping the poor. While you're riding along the highway, uh, stick your hand out the window with some of these poor people out there side the street. Quit getting them $5 so you can feel good. Get them $10 so you can get it off your conscience. You rich. You a multimillionaire. How about you give them a 20? How about you give them a 50? How about you give them a 100? You might be able to give them 500. Go to the neighborhood that they're living in, and there's a whole lot of them in the neighborhood, and take you a handful of money and let your window down and, and give it to them while you're driving through and be a blessing to them. You can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. So I'm talking Talking to the rich. Now, don't be condemned. The Bible didn't say it was a, what a sin to be rich. The Bible didn't say it was a sin to have money. But the Bible said the love of money is the root of all. It said it's a root of all. That's where it began. That's where evil began. He didn't say it was evil. He said the love of money he didn't say the love of money was evil. He said the love of money was the root of all evil. Everything has a root. And when you love money, it's a root. You find yourself blind. You find yourself being deceitful. You, you find yourself being covetous. You find yourself being stingy. The Bible said when your riches increase, set not your affection upon it. So to the rich, I pray for you that you'll be even richer. Oh, yes, God wants you to rich. Because you can be a blessing to God by you being rich. Okay? And we try to quote scripture on the rich folks, make them feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to know, my God, I desire to be rich myself. See, the, the more rich I am, the more I can have to help the poor and, and, and a soup kitchen and do the similar things I want to do. I can't do nothing being poor. You can't do nothing when the popo can't help the poor. And I ain't speaking against the poor people. I ain't got nothing against the poor people. But I'm saying that a poor man can't help a poor man because he ain't got nothing he ain't got nothing either. But the richer you are, the wealthier you are, the more God can use you to be a blessing to somebody. So I'm playing for more wealth myself. So this is to the rich. This is to the folk. The Bible said when your riches increase, see a lot of us, we won't even have nothing one time. And we were more faithful to God then when we didn't have nothing than we is now. Now that, now that God done been good to us, now that God done brought us from a mighty long way, 
Not that God done bought it from the bottom to the top. We're so selfish. We're so sinful. We'll make excuses. I ain't getting my money. I, they, 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 they out on the street and they, they just ain't nothing wrong with them. How you know? Something wrong with, there's something wrong with some of them. There may not be something wrong with all of them, but there's something wrong with some of them. But you won't help nobody. You, you won't help nobody. You just been standing all together trying to make an excuse. Oh my. First Corinthians 10 and 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whether you do it all to the glory of God, you hear me? We got to learn when we've been born again, whether you're eating or drinking, whatever you do, to God be the glory. We got to start getting God back in glory. That's what's wrong. We're taking God glory. We 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 taking God glory. We want to be seen when we sing. We want to be seen when we preach. We want to be seen when we pray. Oh, we want to be seen when we give our oracle. Oh God, when we get that lecture, we want the folks out to just fall all out in the chair because we did it. You're not to be seen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. I, you know what I found out in my walk with God? The more I give God the glory, listen to this, sir. Listen to me now. The more I give God the glory, the more God glorifies himself in me. See, if God glorifies himself in you, you're going to be seen. You can't help but be seen when God glorifies himself in you. Because remember, he said he put his glory in earth and vessels. So if God glory is in you, it's going to come out of you. So you glorify God, so God's glory can glorify you. As you glorify God, God posts his glory in you, and then when he posts his glory in you, it runs out on other people. God's not putting his glory in you for you to shine. God ain't putting his glory in you for you just to look good, for you to have a, a, a title, a name, an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a, a pastor. God is not uh, putting his glory in you for you to have a well-known name. God putting his glory in you so your glory can run over into the lives of others. So somebody can be healed. So somebody can be delivered. Somebody can set, be set free. Somebody can get a breakthrough. Oh, my. Somebody's eyes can open. Somebody's ears can come open. Somebody's head bowed down can be lifted up. Somebody's lost can be saved. Somebody's backsliding could come back because God's glory is in you. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment. For let the days of long life and peace shall they add. As you go into the new year, don't forget God's word. You used to love God's word. You read it day and night. You were the first one to testify, and nobody couldn't set you down. But now you done drifted. Now you done put God's word on a back burner. Now you're trying to do it yourself, and you wonder why it's taking so long to get it done. Honey, God can get it done quicker than you. Do you not know that God can give you in, in six months? God can give you in a year where you couldn't work out in a lifetime? God want to be your provider. He just don't want you to forget him. Don't forget his word. Got three and four jobs and still broke. Didn't that, shouldn't that tell you something? You got three and four jobs ain't paying tired on either one of them. And you wonder why you can't make it. You ain't going to make it. I come out to tell you, I ain't prophesying on you. I ain't speaking no word of negativity on you either. I'm just telling you the truth. If you got three and four jobs, ain't paying your time, you ain't going to make it because you're robbing God. Shall a man rob God? Why you rob me in my tithe and your offering? Well, I got to pay my bills. Listen, it's better you pay your tithe than pay your bill. I don't want my credit to look bad. It's going to look bad anyway after a while because you're robbing God. You ain't going to be able to pay none of them bills. Pay. God, give God his money first. Take it out of your check. Quit letting it stay with your money. That's why you can't pay your tithe because you got it mixed up with your money. Take God's money out. You made a $1,000, take God's $100 out and put it in the envelope. Put on there. Put your name on it. Put put tithes on it and throw it in the offering on Sunday morning. If you can't make it to church because you're working two Sundays and you can't every other Sunday, put it in there and save it to that next Sunday. Don't you spend it. Don't you let it be me mixed up with your money. Take God's money out because it's God's money. He said, you rob me and tithe and an offering. Will a man rob God? Yes. He said, then when you rob me, he'll open it. He said he will steal the hand of the devour when you pay your tithe. Things that would happen to others won't happen to you. Oh, things going to happen to all of us. The bad things that happen sometimes won't happen to you. Why? Because you paid your tithe and you didn't rob God. So don't forget God's word. Amen. 
This is getting good to me. Ephesians, I'm just trying to encourage you to go into the new year. Ephesians 4 and 29. Let no, corru- no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up as fit the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. No commitment cussing. You say you've been born again. You're not allowed to cuss. I didn't say you wouldn't cuss. I didn't say you couldn't cuss. I didn't say you can't cuss. I said you are not allowed to cuss. God don't allow you to do that. You're a new creature. You've been born again. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. This doesn't help nobody. When you're cussing and speaking foul language, he said, put these things away from you. Let no let let no corrupt come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up and to fit the occasion. If it ain't going to help nobody, don't say it. The Bible says you can't speak good to nobody, don't say nothing. How many of us is guilty of that or not that? If you can't say good about a person, don't say nothing. That's what the scripture says. How many of us always say negative things about people? Bible says don't say nothing negative about nobody. If you think you can't say something to make them shine, to make them look good, don't say nothing. He said that it might give grace to the hero. Otherwise, when somebody hear what you said, it ought to give them grace. And grace is good, baby. Grace will lift you up. Grace will encourage you. Grace will make you whole. First Thessalonians 5 and 16, rejoice always as you go into the news. You rejoice. All that time you frowning, all that time you mad. Do you not know that you can't get back a second? You can't get back a minute? You can't get back an hour or a day? You think about you sitting around all day long mad. You sit down all day long sad. You sit around all day long with a heavy heart. Do you not know you ain't going to get that back? Look what you could have been doing. If you gonna, Look what you could have been doing while you were sad. You could have been rejoicing. He said rejoice always. You're not rejoicing because of what happened. You are not rejoicing because the situation is bad. You rejoice because you know God going to fix it. You know God going to bring you out. The writer said, pray without ceasing. See, you first, you first, you're sad. First, you, 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 your head dropped drop down all day. Now you ain't praying. You don't cease praying. You don't stop giving thanks to God. He said, pray without ceasing. He said, without ceasing, you're thanks in all circumstances. But this is the will. Do you know, know it's the will of God in Christ Jesus that you give praise to God? That you give God thanks that all, you're not taking him for the for because it happened. You're taking him because he's going to bring you out of it. He's going to give you the victory. He said in all circumstances. See, what happened, we allow some circumstances to get the best of us. We sit around in a, in a, in a loony doom. We sit down in Mokin Valley all morning long. And maybe this afternoon we decide we're going to come out of Mobile Valley and peep out over the, over the chair or peep out the window, out the door, and see if life still going on. Yes, life is still going on, baby. It was going on while you're there in Mobile Valley, while you're down in Looney Dune, while you act like you don't know what's going on. Life ain't waiting on you. How many know that time don't wait for no one? That's what life is. Life is time. Time is life. Life is time. It ain't waiting on you. It ain't going to wait on me. You sit around in there thinking it's going to stay day because you don't want it to get dark. You stick your head out the door out of the way and see it until day. <laughs> dark, ain't wait, day ain't, dark ain't waiting on you just because you want it to stay day. And guess what? And guess what? And day ain't, and, and ain't going to wait on you just because you want it to stay dark. It got dark that night and you all sad and downtrodden, hoping the day don't come. You think the day ain't going to come because you hope it don't come because you don't want to see the day no more. You don't want to see nobody no more. You don't want to hang out with nobody no more. You don't want nobody to talk to you no more. And you hope the day don't come. Do you think the day ain't coming? The day going to come anyway. Oh, you can't stop the day. You can't stop time. Huh? Time going to go on. Every, even as I'm talking right now, time done went past. Time ain't waiting on nobody. Philippians 4, 2 and 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing. Out of self-ambition, be a bitch. Nothing. Out of self-ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Don't do nothing in self. Don't do nothing to try to put a front on self-ambition. You can get a praise on so somebody can read you, praise you. 
Oh, look what she did. Look how he sang. Look how he preached. I did not tell you earlier the glory belonged to God. If you give God his glory, he'll glorify himself in you. You won't worry about nobody doing all that. They'll do it anyway. And it's their value of the above. You'll say, how often do we do not do that? We always want to be seen. We always want somebody to blow their horn on us. We, we always want to be in the limelight. We always want to be above somebody. We want to put ourselves up there to be seen. But the Bible said, put others above you. Look into your own interest uh, above each of you to the interest of others. Yes, it's all right to look to your interest. And yes, it's all right to care about yourself, but also care about others. Esteem others higher than you. Tell them whenever the church is over with, girl, you really sang today in the choir. She might didn't even sound like nothing. But how that would make her feel to know that you said the word until you said something negative. Well, yeah, y'all were cracking up in the voice and this and that, and y'all need to practice more. And it's so easy to say negative things. But how about fill your mouth with positive things so somebody can be blessed? Amen. Colossians 3 and 2, set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. You've got to learn how to transform your mind from the problem that you have. You've got to learn how to transform your mind from the circumstance that you're going through, from the trouble, from the hurt from the lies, from the discouragement, uh -huh, from the negativity, from the things they said about you, you heard about it, and it stays on your mind. Now a whole day done went by, a whole week, whole month went by, and you sitting there uh, uh, grieving. you sitting there downtrodden. you sitting there and lost your joy. Do you know how hard it is to get joy? Joy is easy to lose and hard to get back. So when you get that joy, you need to hold on to it. That's why the old folks see that old folks knew that joy was important. And they didn't let nobody steal their joy anyway. They didn't have nothing as it was. One pair of stockings, one pair of shoes that run over, one wig that was full of tobacco dust and everything else. But they were proud that they had that. And they said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world didn't take it away. That's the kind of joy you need. You need that joy that's in the Holy Ghost. See, we got worldly joy, but worldly joy passed away. That old physical joy passed away. That old earthly joy will pass away. That old selfish joy will pass away. That old pretty joy will pass away. That old money joy will pass away. That old material joy will pass away. But they said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. They were talking about that spiritual joy of the fruits of the Spirit. This is the joy you need. You said, Lord, give me that Holy Ghost joy. So next time, Life circumstance, knock on my door. I can keep my smile on my face. Amen. Psalm 19 and 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted. See, you can't give God any kind of stuff. You get God only want no offering that it messed all up. When 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 Cain gave God an offering in the beginning of the Bible, God blew dust and God blew the smoke in his face. Because he bought God what he wanted God to have, not what God told him to bring. And God didn't accept his offering. You've got to live so God would accept your offering. When you raise your hands in the air, that your hands will be clean. When you raise your hand in the air, your hand will be clean. You hear what I said? When you raise your hand in the air, the word in the words of your mouth when you pray, when you sing, God looking at you down there on the choir. He looking at you down there in the church. He looking at you down there in the congregation singing, and he know you don't live holy all day long. And now the words of your mouth, and the meditation, even the meditation in your heart, God wanted it to be clean. He said, He said that it might be accepted in your sight. We can't give God anything. God don't accept anything. Your heart got to be clean. Your mouth got to be clean. Your words got to be clean. You can't cuss God. You can't sing Amazing Grace Sunday and cuss your brother out Monday. Then that ain't cleaning. Bitter water and sweet water can't come out the same fountain. An apple and orange don't grow on the same tree. Grapes and pearls don't grow on the same tree. And neither can you be saved and lost at the same time. You can't be right and wrong at the same time. You got to be one or the other. Oh, this is so good to me. Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
let your request be made known to God. See the reason Philippian, the reason Paul is wanting you here is because when you're anxious, you make the wrong decision. When anxiety is in, you end up marrying the wrong person. Sometimes you end up moving into the wrong home. Sometimes you end up on the wrong job. Sometimes you end up with the wrong boyfriend, the wrong husband, and the wrong marriage. Or you end up with a wrong investment. Or somebody told you, send $5,000 because you're so anxious to get rich, so anxious to get money. Somebody's going to tell you to send them $5,000 because you just, you just, they just find out they owe you $125,000. And all you got to do is send $5,000 in, and they're going to send you the check. You ain't even thinking. You sitting there way so caught up in, in anxiety, so caught up on getting that $125, and you're going to send them $5,000, and you ain't going to see no $125,000 because, you, because you've been blinded by anxiety. The, the old saying said, if, if, if it's too good to be true, it might just be too good to be true. Nowadays, you got to be so careful. And what you do, and, and, and because anxiety will make you make the wrong decision. It'll make you get in a hurry. Won't wait on God. Ain't that what Sarah did? She got in a hurry because she wanted a baby. Anxiety was all over her, and she couldn't wait no longer. And she gave her husband to the handmaid. Now, you know the story, how that turned out. She realized that they're going to blame Abraham, something he's seeing. No, he ain't seeing. She's seeing. She the one did it. Didn't want to blame others out we make a mess. Do not walk in anxiety. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Please hear me. This is a bold, this is the most important verse for you to take into the new year. Learn how to wait. The old song used to be our Job waited on the Lord, why can't I? Learn how to wait. If you learn how to wait and trust the Lord, I guarantee you won't make no more mistakes, no more serious mistakes. We all make mistakes sometimes, every now and then, even when we don't want to. But you will never make no more serious, devastating mistake if you learn how to wait upon the Lord. For they that wait upon the Lord, when you wait on God, you're showing God you trust him. You're showing God that you believe in him. You're showing God that you know he's able. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, see, sometimes when you're waiting on God, God always don't always come up with an answer. And that's what I found out. I'm here waiting on God to... I waiting on God to give me the answer to what I was going through, and I went to church, and I waited for the prophet to come and tell me that God said the answer's on the way. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And the prophet told me, God said, wait. I ain't want to hear that. I'm ready for my answer. I'm ready for my breakthrough. I already was waiting. I didn't want to hear, hear wait. But sometimes you're going to hear God say, wait. And again, he might say, wait again. But as long as he tells you to wait, he may tell some to wait long as he tell others. But as long as he tells you to wait, He's going to renew your strength. Remember, he told me to wait, but he renewed my strength. He gave me the strength I need, the vitality that I need, the, the energy that I need, the push I need, the boost I need, the drill I needed to make it through the trial. Yes, he told me to wait, but he didn't leave me empty-handed. The writer said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be so impatient that you can't see that boy ain't for you. You can't see that girl ain't for you. You can't see that you feel to make a mistake marrying this man. Everybody done told you he ain't no good, but you don't see it because you're anxious. Anxious to get you a husband and a no good husband at that is what you feel to end up with because you're so anxious, you're so caught up, you're so blind, you can't see he done done everything he know to show you that he ain't the one, and you're going to marry anyway out of anxiety. No, baby, wait on the Lord. There's a songwriter that says like this, it's bad to be in the arms of someone else when the right one come along. God got the right man coming your way. And here you is married to the wrong man. Now you can't get the right man because you're in the arm of the wrong man, and the wrong man doing you wrong. Oh, I hope I'm talking to somebody. I'm so glad that I had a mother that set me down. And she taught me, my brother and sister, them, the, the, the proverb and the values of life, just like uh, Solomon did his son. And when, and when she told us what was right and what was wrong, the do's and the don'ts, 
Proverbs 3, 27. Do not withhold good, good from those who, who it is due, when it is in your power to do, to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and it is good, and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Somebody come to your house in need. Somebody come to your house hungry. Somebody come to your house in destitute. And you know you have the means to help them because God sent them there. Because they told you God did. You're going to tell them to come back in the morning. They're hungry tonight. They don't need to come back in the morning when you got it now. You can do it now. The Bible said do it now. Don't make them go home and come back in the morning and they're hungry. They're in need for the children. They're in need for food on the table. And you're talking about I'll do it in the morning. I don't bother me tonight. I'll do it in the morning. The Bible said do not do that. God has been good to you. Get yourself. Get yourself up out of that bed and do what you got to do to be a blessing to person because it's in your good power to do it, and God will bless you. Joshua 1 and 8, listen, did the book of the law, if you go into the new year, did the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do it according to what's written therein. You can't, you can't do what's written in the Bible. If you don't meditate on it, you got to meditate on what the Bible says. Yes, it ain't enough to read that it said it, but you got to meditate on it. You got to meditate on it and do what it said do. Meditate day and night. And the more you read the Bible, the more you meditate on the Bible. And it said, Vid the mind, say the Lord, I repay. The more you meditate on that, when somebody stir up your feather, when somebody make you angry, you'll be more stronger not to, to be vengeful. You'll be more strong enough to take matters in your hands. Why? Because you you meditated on God's word. Colossians 3 and 15, and let the peace of God Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. Amen? Let the peace of God, and peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit, but you got to let it rule in you. Quit being so mean. Quit being so uh, so 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 disturbed inside. Quit being so broken inside. Quit being so confused inside. Quit being so disturbed and messed up inside. Quit being so uneasy inside. You don't know when the last time you seek no peace. So disturbed, so uneasy, so touchy. But let the peace of God rule your heart. When God peace rule your heart, people can't do you any kind of way. People can't talk to you any way and get you upset. How you all out of the will of God. How you all in your attic. Uh-huh. Yeah, got you all in your atti- in your attitude, all out of your character. Because you could because you just all troubled up inside and ain't got no peace. When you got the peace of God in you. When you got the peace of God in you, in your heart, it will guide you and lead you. It'll help you make the right decision. First Peter two and nine, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. God chose you. Think about all the people that done died and gone into glory. Think about all the people that done died and gone to hell. Think about the people all done died and ain't coming back. Think about all the people that you saw in this world and God chose you. Chosen means that you were picked out especially for this purpose. You have been chosen. You ought, to be, you ought to be proud that God chose you. You ought to be grateful that God chose you and live so that you appreciate that he chose you. He said you are holy people. You holy. Holiness is still in. Holiness is still in. People don't want to talk about it no more. Holy God is still holy. He has not changed. His people ought to still be holy. Holiness is still in. Holiness is still the right thing to do. I read today that God hate evil, but he loved the righteous. God still hate ho- evil. God still like holiness. He still loves holiness. But you've been chosen. And now that God has chosen you, you are his possession. So walk in his excellency. Hold up holy and clean hands. Make God proud of you. Proverbs 16 and 3, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your work into the Lord. Commit your work. Tell God about it before you do it. 
Don't go do it. Don't go do it and then tell God about it after you did it. Tell God about it before you do it, that he might direct your path, because he may not want you to do that. He may not want you to get caught in that long, uh, drawn-out situation. That may not be the husband. That may not be the wife. That may not be the job. That may not be the car. That may not be the person that he wants you to partner with. So so commit thy way unto the Lord and ask God, Lord, show me. I'm going to partner with someone for the next five years. I'm going to put my million dollars in, in an investment, God. I'm going to buy this, this motel chain. I'm going to buy this business, Lord. Is it okay, God? Is it is, is, is any, any crooks behind it? Any kinks in it, Lord? Am I throwing my money away? Am I making a bad investment? Acknowledge God. And the Bible says he would direct your path. So we thank God this afternoon. We just hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that something is said that would encourage you to go to the new year. And remember, greater the heat of the danger than heat of this in the world. You have the greater one on your side. He's more than a conqueror. He's more than a winner. The Bible says he's not victorious, but he's more than victorious. It's his will that you eat of the, of the good of the land. It's God's will. It's his good pleasure that you eat of the good of the land. So if you go into the new year, don't go in with negativity. Don't go in there thinking that God is against you, that God is, 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 is punishing you for something you did. God ain't got time to play games like that for you. But check your life. And if your life ain't in the right place, get it in the right place. But the Bible says he withholds no good thing who, for them that walk upright. Now, if you know you're walking upright, then patiently wait on the Lord. He's going to bring you out. But if you ain't walking upright, get right so the Lord can bless you. Precious Father, we thank you for these scripture. We thank you for your encouraging words. How it have fed our soul. Oh, God, we'll trigger the death to be caught up in your word. So help us to apply your word to our life, God, as we go into the new year, making new year resolutions to get closer to you, higher heights and deeper debt. Lord, we ask that you pull down every stronghold, loose every shackle, solve every problem, answer every prayer, shut doors that need to be shut, and open doors that need to be opened. Heal our bodies, regulate our minds. Restore our soul, bless our children, bless our family, bless our finance, bless our health, and above all, and above all, bless our relationship with you, O oh God, in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, give us a closer walk, God. Give us a new unction. Give us a fresh anointing. Stir your word up in us, O oh God, in the precious name of Jesus. And the gifts that land dominant, bring them alive. And the one that's already operating, anoint them afresh. Put insight, enlighten them, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And to be in the forgiveness of our heart, then forgive us, O oh God, for those that we hadn't forgave. In the name of Jesus, move all malice, all bitter, all unforgiveness out of us, Lord, that you might glorify yourself in us, and that our prayers might be answered. Do these things, Lord, because we know you can. We know you will. And all the honor and all the glory. It's yours that we go into this new year, oh God. Let's go in with a smile. Let's go in encouraging, knowing that you got it and everything's going to be all right. Bless the apostle, Lord. Bless our ministry, oh God. Bless the radio broadcast, oh God, that is, that is producing this, the, the, this, this show, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, apostle. Thank you. Be blessed.